black olives, anchovies, Hawaiian pizza, mayonnaise on french fries. What the heck am I talking about and what does that have to do with today's bake? Hey, I'm Carolyn and this is the Chili Bakes Gluten-Free Podcast where I walk you through gluten-free recipes and get to share what I know about baking gluten-free with you to hopefully make it easier. Anyway, today we're making coconut cake and you know, coconut's one of those polarizing foods where people either seem to love it or they can't stand it. And I love coconut cake. So if you don't like coconut, you might want to skip this episode. But for the rest of us, we're making a beautiful gluten-free cake that's just moist and delicious with creamy, rich cream cheese and butter frosting and toasted coconut. Oh my gosh, this is the cake of my dreams. Like just moist and amazing. You want to like sneak a slice in the middle of the night, have a slice in the morning when you get up, hide it from people because you want more cake. Yeah, that's, that's how I operate. Anyway, let's get to baking. Thanks for coming in my kitchen with me and joining me on this gluten-free adventure. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. And if you are, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, send this podcast to somebody else who's struggling with gluten-free and would really like some help, some ideas, and some delicious recipes. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok where I do other recipes that aren't on the podcast so you can get a little bit more gluten-free information, possibly some nuttiness, maybe a skosh of gardening, tiny bit. I'm out in the yard a lot. Yeah, so that's where you can find me. And thank you again for showing up and showing your love and wanting to see what I'm doing. I really, really appreciate having you here. I know your time is valuable and it means a ton to me. So thanks so much for getting getting here. Well, turning on the channel. No, crap. This is a podcast for, for viewing. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get every one of these wrong for listening to the podcast. I can do this. Anyway, um, let's get started with the dry ingredients. We're starting with a cup for cup multi-purpose gluten-free flour, which is my favorite. It already has cornstarch in it, which makes cakes really light because um, it's a lot like cake flour. So two and a quarter cups, scoop and measure equally, uh, equally, levelly. Okay, that's two cups and a quarter here. a quarter cup and then we're doing a quarter cup of almond flour uh, which adds a little bit of a little bit of texture but not much flavor and it just sort of breaks up the gluten-free flour so it's not it's never pasty it, it has such a great texture when you do this so you, you want to use blanched almond flour because I well I do because I don't want the skins in there I don't want the darkness in there I don't want the fiber because I'm making a cake when I make a cake unless I'm making some sort of healthy cake which you know is a different deal altogether then I can use unblanched almond flour, but for this, I want it blanched. We're gonna measure baking powder. Next, we're using one and a half teaspoons. And I like to use the one that doesn't have aluminum in it, because, you know, I don't use aluminum in my deodorant, so why would I be putting it in my baked goods? Um, and Trader Joe's has a great one that doesn't have aluminum in it, or it used to, yeah, it, it's Trader Joe's. Okay, one and a half teaspoons of that, and we're doing half a teaspoon of baking soda. If you remember, baking soda is the one that gets very clumpy. So usually I measure this, actually I always measure it into my palm and then I use the back of my measuring spoon to um, crush any lumps because really a baking soda lump is terrifying. So that's half a teaspoon of baking soda. And one teaspoon, no, I'm gonna do three quarters. 
a teaspoon of salt. Half, three quarters, okay. And one teaspoon of sweet rice flour. And if you haven't um, listened to me before, sweet rice flour is what's used to make mochi. It's made from sweet glutinous rice, and um, it is very finely milled. I get it from uh, Coda Farms. And what it does is it adds a little chew to the um, baked goods, more like flour. It would have a little chew, which um, I was going to say oat, wheat, no. Um, rice flour is what a lot of gluten-free baked goods are made from, and they don't have any of that chew, that flourness. You know, they tend to be dry and just have a really, not the same crumb. So this, I found this really helps. So it's one of my little tricks that I use. Okay, so we're going to whisk these together in a medium-sized bowl. And you want to whisk this thoroughly. You want to do the mixing so this is all thoroughly incorporated before you add it to your uh, wet ingredients because you don't want to be mixing a lot once it's already um, mixed into the batter and you don't want to have chunks of salt or whatever stuck in there. So mix this. It just takes a few minutes or a minute, but mix it well. And that's the dry. And the other thing I need to do now is I need to go turn on the oven. Notorious for not turning on the oven. So it goes to 350. And those of you who don't bake much or haven't used your oven much, you want to get familiar with this piece of equipment because your baking success dep depends in a large part upon how well your oven cooks things, how even it cooks, how is it hot, is it cold, you know all those things. So when you're making a new recipe or if you haven't baked a lot, it helps to be a little vigilant on the cooking times and all that. So that's just a little extra tip. And that's the dry ingredients. It's on to the wet ingredients. In a large, we're going to use a large bowl here. And we're going to put three quarters of a cup of softened, just regular butter. And uh, three quarters, there's my oven. <laughs> three quarters of a cup is a stick and a half of a regular stick of butter. So that's what's going in. I softened it by doing that trick. Have you ever heard of the trick where you put a hot glass over it or a hot cup? Totally works without melting the butter, which is amazing because I like to do it in the microwave. But really, if you're not super vigilant, you end up with melty bits. And when you're making a cake, you want to be able to cream the butter and sugar. But if it's melted, not the same effect. You want to be getting some air in there. So one and a half sticks softened butter. And then you're going to want a beater for this, um, a mixer, mixer, beater, hand mixer, or a stand mixer works. I usually use my tiny mixer, even though I do have a KitchenAid. Um, yeah, this one is better to do an electric mixer. So we're adding... Um, Sugar, granulated sugar, one and two-thirds cups. There we go. And you know what? Your sugar matters, too. I know this is, sounds like a goofy thing, but the quality of granulated sugar and brown sugar and whatever, the grind of it, if you have really coarse grinds, which are great for other things, I don't like them in cakes because they don't dissolve as well. And also, I had one brand, and I don't remember what it was, where there were, like, Weird chunks of my granulated sugar. So even though I hate sifting, in that case, I felt like I should sift it because it just felt like 
it was weird and there were bits of sugar that were granulate or granulated and then there were powdered bits. It felt like there was no consistency. So one of my favorite brands of sugar is CNH sugar for brown sugar and white sugar for baking. I love that. Um, yeah, I don't really have it in the Midwest, but, um, but it's a great brand of sugar. So let's cream the butter and sugar. So if your butter isn't quite cold, no, it isn't quite warm enough. Softened is the term I'm looking for and failing badly. If your butter is not softened, what happens when you try to mix it, even on a low speed, is it sort of jumps around and it doesn't incorporate well. It's okay. Sometimes that happens to the best of us, or just me. Maybe I only have my experience. So you can let that sit on the counter a little bit. Let that butter soften up. Um, it'll get mixed. It's no big deal. I want to encourage you with baking. It's just fun. It's fun. You're going to end up with something amazing to eat and it's a fun activity to do with kids. It's just, I just want to encourage you, like you can do it, you can do it. So if your butter's not incorporating with your sugar, eh, you can let it sit until it softens a little bit and then it'll be much, much easier. Or you can try to keep mixing it, but you really want to make sure all those butter lumps are, um, there aren't butter lumps, that's what, I, that's what you want. So this is totally mixed in. I'm going to scrape the edges just to make sure there's no unmixed butter. And it's all, you know, there's no bits of sugar that are not mixed in and the butter's mixed in. So it's perfect. Now we're going to mix in four large eggs. Okay, so let's beat the eggs in. We want to get these nice and fluffy. So let's scrape the bowl here. And we'll mix it a little bit. Okay, let's add a teaspoon of vanilla. You could add coconut extract. Mm, I don't love to add extracts. Some of them. Almond is good. Peppermint if you need it. Vanilla. Some of the other ones like orange or lemon, I just, they just are too strong. So let's do a teaspoon of vanilla here, which is a good mix with the um, coconut. And we're going to do three quarters a cup of coconut milk. And the coconut milk Often, I'm just getting regular full-fat coconut milk. Um, it often has like a chunk of coconut fat on the top. So you want to mix that in uh, because you don't want, what am I saying here? You don't want to have all milky part, none of the fat, but you don't want the all fat either. So just half a cup. Oh, crud. And I ran out. All right. Let's get the rest of this in here. So three quarters of a cup of coconut milk, full fat, mixed. And we're doing, what are we doing here? Buttermilk, half a cup of buttermilk. That sour buttermilk is going to react with the baking soda, which we want. So we're going to half a cup of that. And then, yeah, here comes the weird part. Um, we're going to do two tablespoons of applesauce. I know you're like, what the heck? Are you putting applesauce in coconut cake? Well, if you bake with me before, you know that um, I really like to add dried fruit, or not dried fruit, 
fruit puree, like pumpkin or whatever, it really helps things keep moist. And gluten-free gluten freaks? No. Gluten-free bakes are notoriously dry. And they dry out quickly. This really helps with that, but you won't taste it. So we're using some unsweetened applesauce, two tablespoons. If I can find my tablespoon. Okay. One... Okay, we're gonna give this a whirl. Oh, applesauce everywhere, perfect. All right, we're gonna scrape the bowl here. Make sure there's no bits at the bottom or on the sides. All right, now um, I need to go grab the coconut. So let's go to the pantry. Grab the coconut. Today I'm using, um, you can use shredded or flaked coconut. Uh, this one is sweetened. It's a little moister than the natural one. I haven't made a coconut cake with the natural one that's dried and I feel like, well, I just need to do some experimenting first because I think if you put that really dry coconut, it might just dry out your cake. Okay, so before we add the coconut, we're gonna add the dry ingredients. And just mix it till it's mixed. Just mix it till it's just mixed. That's kind of goofy, but that's what we're doing here. And it goes, I mean, I think I'm going to just use mix it by hand. I feel like sometimes things can get tough. So I'm gonna use my handy Dutch whisk and just mix it by hand. And when it's barely mixed, I'm gonna add the coconut. All right, let's scrape the edge here. Make sure there's no dry bits, that is the worst. And a cup of coconut. And we'll just mix that in gently. All righty, there we go. So let's divide the dough in half. I've got two um, greased and lined. Actually, I only have one pan that's lined with parchment because I ran out, huge bummer. It really makes taking cakes out of their pans easy when you have parchment, but I only have it for one pan, and they're slightly mismatched. So, you know, I'm hoping frosting covers a multitude of sins because of all the things that I do really well as a baker, dividing dough, cutting slices, those, you know, having the right pan size. Sometimes I don't have those. So we're going to divide as evenly as possible into two 8-inch square pans that are greased or lined And then we're smoothing them out. And we're gonna get these things in the oven. Mm. A little dough on my finger, yum. Ouch, hot. Okay. All right, let's bake these for 20 minutes and then take a check on them. Let's take these out. Uh, yeah. A nicely golden brown on the top. And with a tester, I use a um, skewer. They test no crumbs on there. Um, the other one's not quite done. Because, as I said before, I don't divide things well. Anyway. Yeah, so at 20 minutes, I rotated the pans and I put them in for another 10 minutes. So it's been 30 minutes. 
and we're just gonna let these cool. Yum. So if you want to garnish your cake with toasted coconut, I have coconut chips, not the regular, you know, thin ones. They're like a shaved piece of coconut, dried coconut. Um, and so if you want to have them to decorate your cake and you want to brown them, which is obviously you don't have to, uh, but that's what I'm doing. So I left the oven at 350. The cakes are out. They're cooling. I put uh, coconut chips on an even layer on the tray. It's going to be about eight minutes. You want to stir them a little bit, make sure they're browning evenly. Coconut does have fat in it and it will brown nicely, um, but you don't want it to brown super unevenly. So that's what I'm doing uh, before I turn the oven off. Then I'll let those cool. And then when everything's cool, we'll be ready to do the frosting. So I've decided we're going to do like a coconut simple syrup to just brush over the top of the cooled cake. Both halves are cooled and I just took them out of the refrigerator. So we're going to make a simple syrup with coconut milk. If you have heavy duty coconut milk, which is what I have, I'm going to avoid the fatty part on top and just use the liquidy part. Yeah. And if you have light coconut milk, you can just use a half a cup of light coconut milk. All right. We're just going to pour a half a cup. We're going to put it in a small saucepan. I think this will just uh, ramp up the coconut taste. And that goes. And half a cup of sugar. Oh dang, I should have measured the sugar first so I don't have it stuck in the inside of the measuring cup. Oh well. Alright, half a cup of granulated sugar. We're just going to turn it on medium heat. Did my power go out? What the heck's happening? Oh, come on. Really? Is my burner not work? Dang it. What the heck? Does my stove not work? Oh, that was just weird. Okay, let's get this on medium heat. Medium heat. All right, and we're just going to stir this. It's going to boil. Um, what we want it to do is the sugar to be totally dissolved and, um, and let it cool slightly and we're going to just brush it or spoon it over the, um, what am I trying to say, the cake. Alright, I've got a wooden spoon that's going to do the job nicely. Somehow the ants decided to come in. Actually, every spring they decide to come looking for stuff. And, you know, it always makes me a little, um, what do I want to say? I have to bake extra carefully because one grain of sugar out of place is enough for them to think, ooh, this is an amazing place to be, and I really don't want that. So trying to keep my sugar, especially the granulated sugar. So this morning I was refilling my granulated sugar, and I put my canister in the sink because, you know, when you open the paper bags, sugar kind of goes everywhere and I thought, oh my gosh, this is just going to be an ant trap of epic proportions. Opened it up, got the sugar everywhere in the sink, which was fine. I poured it in the canister, set the canister off to the side, and then I was going to wash my hands as I realized I'm splashing water. It wasn't my finest moment. Yay! <laughs> yes, so baking's my happy place. I'm just going to keep repeating. Baking is my happy place. So we're waiting for this to... Um, Come do a, a slight boil, I guess, and just dissolve the sugar. 
It's getting hot now. It's starting to bubble a little at the bottom. I do want it to get hot enough that it, it gets a little syrupy because what I'm worried about, what happens often with gluten-free bakes is they can get soggy. So if you make it more like a syrup, it's thicker and it doesn't um, sog out your cake. I want the moistness, but I don't want the sog. So, so this is totally dissolved. And it's a little bit, you can hear it making syrupy, like sticking to the bottom a little bit. And that is what you want. I don't want it a hard syrup. I just want it to, the, <laughs> the sugar to be totally dissolved in the coconut milk. And we're going to take it off the heat and let it cool. The cakes have been wrapped up and in the fridge for actually two days this time. You can have them in there for a couple days. They're just fine. Just wrap them tightly after they're cooled and cooked or just, you know, room temperature cool. Um, so I'm going to unwrap them now and then I'm going to put them on a plate. I can't speak a plate to frost them. Uh, but first I'm going to line the edge of the plate with wax paper so that the frosting doesn't make a mess on the edge. And you just make short pieces and have them hanging off the edge so that you can pull them out from under the plate after you frost it. I don't often frost cakes this way. Mostly I frost them as a 9 by 13 cake in a sheet pan, so I just frost the top because it's just easier. You know, and I was going to say growing up as a mom, that's weird. But being a mom, I wanted frosted cakes sometimes, but I didn't want to have to do the layers. But this is a layered cake, and if you want to make the edges pretty, you put wax paper on the side. The other way you can do something and not have to do this whole thing, well, kind of, uh, you could do, never mind. I will scratch that one. Okay. All right, so let's put the cake on the wax paper. And they're trimmed a little bit so they are the right size. Um, my son trimmed them because if any of you have listened before, you'll know that I'm not the most even cutter. So he helped me do this. Okay, so I have one, one of the halves of cake on my plate with the wax paper edges. Um, adjust them if your cake, if there's bald spots on the plate. And then what I'm going to do, you could brush the um, coconut simple syrup. Once it's cool on the top, let it drizzle over a little bit, or you can spoon it. I don't, <laughs> of all the things I have, I don't have a nice pastry brush to brush butter and whatever, so I end up having to use a spoon. So just use a little bit at a time and just kind of spread it out with your spoon, which is what I'm doing. And you want it to soak in. And if it's not soaking in, you could poke some holes in there which is always a good idea. Okay, so it definitely helps to poke holes in the cake. So we're gonna, the other cake's on the plate that was in the fridge in, and so I'm poking holes in that one, and I'm gonna pour icing on that one, uh, icing, syrup, coconut simple syrup on this one as well, and let them both soak in a little bit before I frost them. And it's only going in about half to a quarter inch, kind of random, just so it soaks in. I found a cake nub on the sheet because my son had trimmed it. Yum. Tastes pretty good. Tastes very coconutty. 
All right, let's pour some syrup over the second half here and let it soak in. Pray I don't drop any of this or the ants will be in hog heaven with this coconut syrup. So this is an, uh, another way to get extra coconut flavor. I didn't use coconut extract. A lot of recipes use coconut extract and usually I'm not an extract person. I've been known to use a little almond and obviously vanilla, but sometimes the other extracts are just too weird. So this is one of the ways um, I'm getting more coconut flavor in is with this coconut simple syrup that I'm soaking the cake with. While that simple syrup is soaking into the two halves of the cake, we're gonna start with the frosting. I always wanna call it icing, but frosting. Frosting's the thick one, icing's the one that's pourable. I don't know if that's the exact definition, but that's okay. So we're taking, um, how many tablespoons? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Is that right? Two, four, six, yeah. I can count, I can count. Okay, we're taking six tablespoons of softened butter, regular salted butter. I like a little salt in my baking. Um, it just makes things taste better for the most part. I know there are other people that do things differently. So it needs to be softened because we really don't want chunks of butter in the frosting. I love butter. I don't want chunks of it in my um, cream cheese icing. Also, the cream cheese should be room temperature. So six tablespoons of butter, already softened. And a block of cream cheese, that would be an eight ounce block of regular fat cream cheese. is so good. Okay, another way we're going to ramp up the coconut is we're going to add two tablespoons of, remember how I poured off the liquid from full fat coconut milk? I'm going to use some of that thickened part, the coconut oily part, two tablespoons. It can have a little bit of the milk in there, not too much because I don't want it runny, but the thickened part, like the coconut butter part, two tablespoons. So we got two tablespoons, <clears throat> excuse me, of coconut milk, but the buttery part, on an eight ounce block of full fat cream cheese that's softened and softened butter. And we're gonna use a hand mixer and blend this. All right, so we definitely need to scrape the bowl. things you just have to have when you bake is a rubber spatula. It's just, I think it's essential. Plus there's a certain sense of satisfaction when you scrape the bowl and there's almost nothing left, unless you're the kid waiting to lick the bowl, which is how it was when we were kids. I know kids don't eat batter now, but as kids in the 70s, we used to like wait by my mom like puppies, just, oh my gosh, do we get a beater? Yeah. Anybody else do that? Okay. So it's pretty well mixed and I didn't get my butter cool enough. So what you can do, here's some solutions, which is why I'm doing it this way. Actually, I was just too lazy to wait for my butter <laughs> to get warm enough. So here we do. Here we go. We have a little chunks of butter in here, and it's pretty much mixed. I don't want to mix the tar out of it. Um, so you can wait. You can just leave it in the bowl, let it get a little warmer, and then give it a quick whirl. You can smush bits with your spatula, which is time-consuming, and I'm not going to do it. Um, so I'm just going to let this sit for a minute. You don't want to heat it up because I don't want hot cream cheese. That's the nasty thing. Yuck. 
Alright, so everything's smooth. We're going to add just uh, about a quarter teaspoon to a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And, oh, how come I have butter everywhere? Okay. And three cups of powdered sugar. And then we're going to beat that till it's smooth. Now, depending on how uh, milky or coconut milk was or what kind you used, you know, it could be chunky, it could be not chunky, it could be a, have a lot more liquid. Um, so if your frosting is too thick, you can always add a little more liquid to it, but I would make your frosting thick enough to begin with, uh, or if it's too thin, to add more powdered sugar, because if you just do it that way, make it thicker, then thin it is best. Because once it's too thin, sometimes it takes a whole lot of frosting or icing sugar. That would be powdered sugar, confectioner sugar, all the same thing, to make it the right consistency. So let's beat this in. Nice and smooth. Hi, Emma. You're cute. Um, and then you need to scrape down any dry bits or chunks on the side. You want it absolutely smooth, if at all possible. Now mine is the perfect icing consistency. It's um, thick enough, but not... Um, so thick that I won't be able to spread it. Mm. Okay, that tastes really good. Oh, it does taste good. A little bit of coconut flavor from the coconut butter or that we added, coconut milk butter. Um, yum. So let's start frosting. We're just gonna frost the top of the bottom cake for the middle layer, and we're not gonna quite do it to the edges. It's gonna seep out a little bit anyway. So we don't want to make a giant mess. And you know, whatever amount of frosting you like. I like a decent layer in there. All right. Now, you can put the two sides that are soaked together in the middle of the frosting. You can put the two sides, um, one soaked side on the bottom and one soaked side at the very top. Um, I put a little coconut on top of the other soaked one. I'm gonna put it face down. So I have a, like a sandwich, a coconut. Wow, I didn't match my cake edges. Oi, oi, oi. Whoops. Okay, I'm notoriously bad for this. I'm just going to go with that. Wow. <laughs> and then I'm going to frost the top. Let's do the top here. And messy is good. It should just be a nice, cute, kind of rustic layer. So all the sides are frosted. Um, you know, if you want tons of frosting, you could make a batch and a half but it definitely has a nice amount of frosting for the middle and for the sides. Obviously, if you want more, you can make a batch and a half of frosting. So that now it's um, completely frosted. Um, you smooth it out, uh, and I'm going to let it cool in the fridge. But first, I'm going to put some coconut on it. Um, I have coconut chips, that's what they're called. The bigger ones, you could use regular coconut. You don't have to put coconut at all on it, or you can. So I toasted some to put on top, and I'll uh, leave in the recipe how I did that. Um, yeah to try to make it look pretty, and then we're going to let this thing set up because that frosting is pretty soft. But first we're going to pat some coconut on the side here. And you just kind of walk it up the side with your hand. You put some in your hand, kind of press it. Press it up into there. And then some on the top. Okay. We're going to chill this bad boy. Okay, it's time to try this thing. Ooh, it looks good. I put uh, toasted coconut on the top, 
and just regular um, coconut chips around the outside. And then I put a tiny bit of um, untoasted ones in the center. And let's cut this thing up. Mm. It's a very tall cake. Oh my gosh. It's a lot of cake. I haven't eaten yet, and I guess I'm having cake for breakfast at three or two or one. Okay. Mm. Mm. Wow. It's really good. It's more like a coconut pound cake. Mm. Because it's got a, a denser texture, but it has a nice light coconut flavor in the cake. And coconut chips on the outside like rev up the coconut flavor. Mm. I have to stop taking bites. The um, the simple syrup, coconut simple syrup, did not sog out the cake at all, which is amazing and great, because that happens a lot with gluten-free bakes. They get soggy and weird. Um, so it's really good. Um, I'm really happy with the fact that um, it gave me a lot of coconut flavor without me having to use coconut extract, because I really, I just don't want to. So I feel like it's really coconutty. It has really rich frosting. It's a nice tasting cake. Mm. The toasted coconut on top gives it a little bit more of a nuttier flavor. This is quite delicious. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stop eating. Mm. This is very, very good. I hope you try this. Mm. Yum. I shouldn't have cut myself a ginormous slice, which is exactly what I did. I wasn't thinking, ah. Um, yum. This is really delicious, um, really rich, flavorful, mm. super coconutty. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot like a first mm, frosted coconut pound cake, but the cake's a little less, I want to say it's a little less sweet than that. Mm. And a bonus, the um, icing and coconut covers a multitude of sins. Like, I didn't have the same size pans, so I had my son trim them, but they still were, and I didn't divide the dough perfectly because I don't do that well either. But it um, still looks amazing. It's still very pretty, and I like that it's all natural colors on it. This is a great bake, and I hope you decide to try it with me. Oh my gosh, I need a drink of water or coffee. <clears throat> I just harved half a piece of cake. Thanks so much for joining me in the kitchen. I always enjoy having you here. I hope you learned something new, get some new tips or tricks, or maybe a recipe you want to try, and that you feel um, heartened while you're baking gluten-free. That there are, there are delicious things that you can bake without too much trouble, with a few um, special ingredients, and you can really enjoy a lot of the things you maybe you haven't had um, the opportunity to enjoy since you went gluten-free. So really, let me help you on this journey and be a guide or an inspiration or someone you could ask questions to because I bake a lot and I've been baking forever. So thank you so much for joining me in the kitchen. I'm always very grateful. Um, if you need more chili bakes or more gluten-free inspiration, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram are the two places you can find me. Um, in the meantime, I forgot to tell us... <laughs> I forgot to tell you what we were making next time. Uh, we are 
baking in May. I think it's May 3rd, but I looked at the calendar, no lie, four times. Forgot four times. I am not walking back. I believe the first Wednesday in May is May 3rd. We are making crepes. I adore crepes. I never really had them. Actually, I was going to say I've never had them growing up, but my grandmother's uh, had a store in San Francisco, and there was a crepe place near it. And we used to eat a savory crepe, and then we'd have our sweet crepe with strawberries and whipped cream. And they were so good. So these are going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, they're quick. They're easy. Everyone loves them. You can put whatever you want in them. They're like a treaty breakfast. They're a little bit more um, fancy than pancakes, but just as easy. They're just a little flatter and take ooh, a little bit of technique. So I hope you're having fun in the kitchen and enjoying your gluten-free journey. Um, I will see you in May. Until ne next time, have fun in the kitchen. Bake something yummy and gluten-free. Bye-bye.